This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live on the Fireside app, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Duggan. How can you improve your investing game? Today, to help us answer that question, we welcome the guy teaching you how to better invest on Twitter and YouTube, Brian Feraldi. That's weird. I didn't know Twitter and YouTube were investment platforms. I can't wait to see what he's going to tell us. Then we welcome the two-time trivia and investing champ here in the basement from LenPenzo.com. It's Kathy Wood. Now she's busy just trying to rebound from last fall's tech knockdown. So it's just Len Penzo. And finally, we also welcome a woman I'm honored to know, my personal hero, perennial Mensa calendar girl. Wait. Oh, yeah, who also happens to write the script I'm reading right now and who isn't allowing me to say what I really think, which would be something more like a mouth-breathing failed sandwich artist who collects perfume from magazine inserts. It's money writer and writing coach Paulette Perach. And now, a guy who's way funnier than... God damn it, Paulette! Jeez! It's Joe Saul Seahy. Man! She gets me every time. I think she definitely got you there, but that was, you You brought a heart. That was horrible, man. I wasn't even the one who slammed her at the beginning. She should have been going after Len. <laughs> hey, everybody, welcome to uh, Doug's first beep out of the year. I'm Joe Salci. <laughs> I average money on Twitter. And if that's the way we're beginning the year, guess what's going on this episode? We're going to have a lot of fun diving into investing. And to do that, we start off with the man who's invested in a bunker deep under Los Angeles. Mr. Len Penzo is here. Happy. Happy New Year, everybody. How was your New Year's Eve, my friend? Oh, well, it was quite, quite good. We uh, cooked up a, a prime rib and uh, played some games and rung in the New Year. And I, overall, it was really good. I guess my invitation got lost in the mail. I, I, I guess it did. I will say this, though. Let me. I am in the middle of reading this new book that I have just received called Stacked, oh. your super serious guide to modern <laughs> money management. 
And it is riveting, Joe, and very funny, by the way. Well, Congratulations to you and uh, Emily. Well, thanks, man. Thank you. I did not expect that, but I'm glad that you have it and, and glad you liked it. So I don't know what to say. But, but let's just say this. We have the woman not only behind the writing here. She's You've seen her in the New York Times. You've seen her all over the financial media pages. She's the person behind the fun when you tell your boss to go kiss themselves, I guess we'll say. <laughs> Paulette Perhatch is here. How are you? I'm uh, I'm still processing what Doug said. I'm, you know, it cuts deep. I know. Uh, my sandwiches are artistic <laughs> and that's how I got my start actually. So that's fine, Doug. Fine. Ever... I'll, I'll keep writing your part, Doug. You just, <laughs> yeah, just wait and see. Right. I think no matter just what, I think no matter what, Doug, she's getting the last laugh because she writes your yeah. stuff. It's like, hmm, not that great. You know, have, have you seen Paulette? The, the, I know you like a lot of comedians. Have you seen Jim Gaffigan talking about uh, Subway sandwiches and the sandwich artist at Subway? I have not. I've seen him talking about many, many things, but and I missed that one. He talks about how the sneeze guard maybe should be the other way. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's fantastic. Speaking of fantastic, it's about time we got him here. He is a gentleman teaching people all over Twitter and YouTube how to do better investing, how to analyze stocks, how to evaluate investment portfolio. Brian Feraldi joins us. Brian, finally, welcome to the show, man. Uh, what a pleasure to be here. What a fun group we have tonight. I, I, you're just thinking, what the hell am I doing here? Aren't you? That's exactly it. But uh, you guys have great introduction music. So, you know, it's going to be a good time. That's it. Yes. And we have, that's what we're known for is the introductory music. music. Really? Yes. Dude? The music is what you were focused on there. <laughs> that, that is this it. show sucks. Well, let's start with your YouTube channel because you and a co-host dive in and you take a look at different stocks, but tell everybody what you do there. So on my uh, YouTube channel, me and my co-host, Brian Stoffel, uh, teach people how to research stocks from the ground up. So we have a series where we basically take a company we've never heard of before and we research it live over the course of an hour, digging into fun things like SEC statements and press releases and earnings transcripts. It's a ball of a good time. But if you're a money nerd into individual stock investing, you can learn a lot. Well, and what I like about it, Brian, is that a lot of people focus on these short-term technical uh, things about a stock, or they just hear somebody at work, right? You've heard this phrase, buy what you know. But as you know, that's just the top of the funnel. If you know a company, you guys actually dig into understanding what the company does and the fundamental heartbeat of what they do. Yeah, exactly. So we try and teach people if they get a stock pick from somebody at work or they hear something, how do you actually go about researching the company? Like, how do you actually do that? That's not something that people are ever really taught. So we show the way that we do it from start to finish. It's super cool. And then for an introduction, I think to, to you though, Brian, your Twitter feed's pretty damn fun. Oh, uh, I thank you. I started taking Twitter semi-seriously about uh, two years ago and like many people, I just thought Twitter was a toxic wasteland of political <laughs> arguments and stuff like that. But uh, it turns out that if you use Twitter the right way, it's actually an amazing platform for connecting with, uh, with people, meeting people. I can't tell you how many wonderful people I've gotten to meet in person uh, thanks to uh, having a presence on Twitter. 
So well, yeah. It's an underrated, overlooked platform. It, it is. You told me that when when uh, you and I first met, actually. I said, oh, man, Twitter. And you're like, well, what's on your Twitter feed? You you can decide what you put on your Twitter feed, and you can make it make it fun. But I'm glad that you're here with us, Brian. We got Brian here. We got Paulette Perhatch. We've got Len Penzo. Doug's here. Time for us to dive in. But first... This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, Staggers is Military Appreciation Month. You know what that means. We are recognizing all of our stackers in the audience. My good friend Nords, Doug Nordman, who uh, some of you may know, he is a writer in personal finance. He's a guy I'd like to do a shout out to. He is such a giving member of the FIRE community, the Financial Independence Retire Early community. Uh, Nords will do anything for you. It's just, just, I think some of that comes from his time on a submarine, like my nephew Colin, who's on a submarine right now, and all the work that uh, he did there. Just a super giving member of the community. And you know what? Uh, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate their members who go above and beyond, not this month, but every month. Navy Federal offers members only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Here's one of their offers in honor of Military Appreciation Month. Join and get $50 when you open a credit card. Of course, you want to have your whole debt strategy planned out, don't you? Don't just go open a credit card willy-nilly, as mom says. Uh, here's a disclaimer. you got to join and open your membership savings account between May 1st and May 31st, so get on it, stackers. Annual percentage yield is a 0.25% for membership savings account, $5 minimum balance to open. Maintain your membership savings account to obtain the bonus. Visit NavyFederal.org for full terms and conditions. That's just one of the things. They offer 24-7 help for their U.S.-based service members. They have resources all over the place. Head to NavyFederal.org for full terms, conditions, and other offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA Equal Housing Lender. All right, and now let's dive into making your investment portfolio better in 2022. How about that music, Brian? Is that pretty good? Fantastic. You guys are just top <laughs> notch. It's amazing. DJ's first. DJ's first. Money talk second. <laughs> <laughs> this piece, this piece uh, is written by uh, a blogger, uh, Bella Wanana. Bella actually up for best new blog at the Plutus Awards this last year. And uh, I love a lot of Bella's stuff. These are the eight most common investing pitfalls to avoid. And she walks through uh, the eight different ones. But, but Paulette, let's start with you. Uh, number one on her list of things to avoid if you're an investor, investing more than what you can afford to lose. 
Do, do you think that's number one on the list of things to avoid? Well, you know, I feel like this might be a little, I think just her wording might be a little tricky for people who think that investing is always gambling, right? If you are just following the S&P 500, like you're probably not going to lose that. And correct me if I'm wrong, because I am the, the money writer and not the investment professional as you are. But I think that you can invest with really low risk and not pretty much plan on not losing that money. So, you know, I would say at the different levels of risk, you don't want to like put anything in crypto that you can't afford to lose, which she does mention here. Yeah, I think I've, I'm totally with you, Paulette. I think there's two different levels here. Len, were you surprised to see this as number one, that like investing equals gambling? Uh, yes. And for Paulette, I th- Paul made a great point. I think a little editing here would be perfect. If you, if you just took out the words to lose, uh, that would be a better way to put it, investing more than what you can really afford uh, beyond what your normal living expenses are. Which is much, much closer to just invest as yeah. much as you can. Yeah, because because the lose part, I mean, that's, boy, that gets you off on a bad footing right away. That, that instantly makes you uh, kind of feel like, it might be discouraging to even to to continue reading, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I think and to, and so in that case, uh, I am a, a little bit surprised that that's number one in the fact that it's just investing more than you can afford. Um, I, I don't think that's first off the first thing you should be worried about. Brian, the second uh, paragraph here, she dives into uh, recommending that you focus on setting up your emergency fund before you start investing. When you talk to people that are brand new investors. Do you recommend starting with a mutual, with a, excuse me, emergency fund, or can you do both those at the same time, invest and do the emergency fund? I'm actually a big fan of setting up an emergency fund prior to investing, and that's how I'm going to interpret what she's saying as well. I'm going to interpret that as basically investing before you're ready to start investing. So lots of people want to dive in when they start investing, and the first thing that a lot of people want to about is what stock is going to go up 100x tomorrow like that's the thing that people are interested in but it's like time out let's back up do you have any credit card debt how about we eliminate that first do you have an emergency fund set up let's get that in place so if you have all of that in place then you can start investing so that's how i'm going to interpret number one wait a minute though brian the whole reason you were here is with your youtube channel you're supposed to be telling us which stock is going to go up 100 percent in the next seven days so so you're saying i'm being inconsistent there <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> yeah. i, I want to know which stocks the whole reason we had you on was to get the hot stock tip so that we can be bajillionaires overnight yeah i want to know that too so if you figure that out would you let me know too <laughs> i'm going to stick with you for just a second though brian because number two i also well uh, let's get your take do you think that under Understanding your risk tolerance level, she says, uh, mistake number two investors make that they don't understand the risk tolerance level. Is that, should that be second on the list? Oh, yeah, I think that that is appropriately put. And I would say one really strange thing about your risk tolerance is what your risk tolerance is in theory and what your actual risk tolerances are often two wildly different things. When you're talking with somebody and they're like, can you take it if your stock portfolio falls 20%? That's really easy to say, but when you're actually holding stocks that fall 20%, that's when you really find out what your risk tolerance is. So I would say that having a risk tolerance, having what you think your risk tolerance is and what your actual risk tolerance is 
are two different things. It's funny. Uh, Brooke Miller, who uh, is the brilliant writer behind our newsletter, The 201, uh, to subscribe to that is stackybenjamins.com slash 201. Brooke writes, in her experience, the biggest disconnect between strategy and reality is in risk tolerance. And you've got to see this, Len, at, at work. I've got to imagine over the years during your career, just the, the times when you hear people talk about these hot stocks is always when the market's going up. And then I'll bet those conversations faded in 2001, 2008, right? It, yes. And that, that is true. And let me add one more thing about your risk tolerance. So, cause Brian makes a good point. If you really believe you have a high risk tolerance, then here's a piece of advice for you. And really, if you can't handle it, then you're probably fooling yourselves. If you believe you have a high tolerance for risk, you shouldn't be checking your stocks every day or even every week. Mm -hmm. You should probably, you know, let them go and let them run and, and only check them very infrequently because if your risk tolerance is truly lower than you think it is, uh, you're going to get, you're going to get very sick and you're going to probably bail out prematurely if, if you're, stocks take a bad turn so yeah and what's funny about that is that you know when og who's obviously has the day off today when og talks about having a hundred percent equity portfolio he also always says len that the problem is in stocks the problem is you because that gives you a hell of a roller coaster ride and a lot of people can't handle it yeah and 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 uh for me right now i've there's certain stocks that i do have a high risk tolerance for and i do not look at them very often because some of those stocks, it's just you know, they have a high standard deviation usually. And what that means is um, they can go up and they can go very bigly and they can go down very bigly. And they don't act like nicer stocks like, um, you know, your big apples and your um, maybe is that a good one? The ones that don't move more than two or three or ten now these days, 10 percent in a year. OK, so so they don't hover around zero. In, to any degree very far. But these high-risk stocks, they can go really high and they can go really low just as quickly. And that will whipsaw you. And if, if, you, if, you, aren't, if you can't handle it, then you're fooling yourself about what your risk tolerance is. Paulette, you have a new course coming out for writers. And I'm wondering if go up bigly is a phrase that you teach people to write. Yeah, it's, uh, it's go up very bigly. You can check it out at goupverybigly.com. I think it's, wiggly. I think it's me go up bigly. Yeah, right. I joke, but I'm sure that Len could buy and sell me. So, uh, so who's laughing now? <laughs> but, but Paula, let me ask you this, though. I actually need to disagree with our guest, with Brian. I don't think you do start here. And tell me which one of us you agree with. So not to, I'm going to put you on the fence, which is... Which is, I don't know that you start with understanding your risk tolerance level. I think you start with your goals and what risk you need to take to get those goals. And then you ask yourself if that risk is acceptable or not. And so rather than deal with some quiz and figure out what your risk tolerance is, doesn't it make sense first to figure out what risk you need to take? I think it's, there's like the fun, I think that's the fun of diversification, which is like, okay, I'm going to take 5% and I'm going to put it in these crazy stocks and like, we enjoy the roller coaster, you know? Um, and I, that's why I have freelancers go through, we have an executive meeting every week, but then also just your monthly money check-in. So I check my stocks just monthly. Right. And and I don't freak out when I see 
you know, the, the stock market going crazy because, you know, I'm 40. I probably won't retire until I'm 120 and half robot. And so <laughs> I think it all has to do with, you know, how much time you have and knowing that your bases are covered, right? Where it's like the low risk that I invest in is I know that I'm not going to be eating cat food when I retire. Um, and then everything else is like, will I have a yacht or not? And hopefully the answer is yes. Or maybe Len will help me and I can go out on Len's. Paul, we've said I am before. Men's a cover girl. <laughs> we said before they call it fancy feast for a reason. It's very, <laughs> it's very fancy. It could be, could be good. Have we used that joke on the show before? Don't think so. I don't know. I was asking. Joe, Paulette. I want to. Now, now I'm conscious of what words I'm going to use, Paul. For, for, <laughs> I was going to say I'm, I'm going to pile on here, but judging use the gooder ones, Lynn. But, but <laughs> when you're buying certain stocks, you might you're, you're going to treat. How you buy those stocks based based on your goals because you make that's a great point, Joe. It's based on your goals going to be how you treat your stocks. And I'm going to give for an example one of my. I talk about the, these mining stocks that I've been in for several years now. We're getting really beat up, but I took a flyer on a speculative stock uh, a couple years ago. I bought it at uh, I think it was forty two cents, basically. Uh, actually, dollar cost averaged it into forty two cents, but my goal was I was going to set that one and forget it because I knew that it wasn 't going to hit pay dirt for five or six years down the road. Well, about nine months ago, it spiked to about ninety cents, so it oh. more than doubled okay. But my goal was, hey, I'm going to hold this for the long term because I believe it's going to go to $9 a share or, or $20 a share. Well, so if my, if my goal was more near term and it's like, hey, I want to try and just speculate and take, make a really quick buck, I would have jumped out probably once it doubled or at least taken part of the chips off the table. I didn't. Right now, and this is, this is the problem with you when, you have, when you're constantly checking your stocks, that same stock is like 32 cents, oh. right? So now I'm underwater, but it's okay. I truly can handle that risk, but you know that's the way it is. If, if I couldn't, I would have probably bailed out of it now at a loss. But you really do have to set your goals and know why you're investing and how you're going to hold it and for how long you're going to hold it. Hey, hey Joe, I, I, yeah, I like the end, Len. I like this notion of figure out what your goal is and let that dictate your approach. But what do I do? I mean, what would a friend of mine do if my goals dictate that I have to be really aggressive, therefore higher risk, but I have low risk tolerance? I've now put myself, should I just go ahead and hire the, I mean, my friend, should my friend hire the therapist now? Or or, I mean, what what if I'm caught in that uh, that ugly spot? Yeah, I think that's great because I think that's when you have to talk about changing the goal. I think you have to talk about, is this, is this really a realistic goal? Can I go, can I go get that goal? Is there a way to, is there a way to mitigate that goal? And, and I'll give you an example. There was a person back when I was a financial planner that I worked with who wanted to live on a, in a house in Lake Michigan. And she had started saving late and she couldn't do that. She couldn't afford that property. However, across the road, uh, on a hill, there was this old Victorian house and it had a wonderful view of Lake Michigan. It wasn't actually on the lake and she was a people person and she had some business skills. She was able to actually take that house, turn it into a bed and breakfast. Now she had to work during her quote retirement years, but she still woke up with 
Lake Michigan. She wasn't directly on the water and she was bringing in enough money that it covered the gap in her portfolio. So she was able to take some evasive action rather than, you know, turn her stock portfolio into, into a casino. I wanted to ask you about that, Brian, because, you know, financial planners will tell people if they have exchange traded funds or mutual funds, maybe rebalance, right? Once, maybe twice a year. When you own individual stocks, do you need to weed the garden more often than that? Do you look once a month? Do you look once a week? How often do you look at your stuff? I don't think there's a right or wrong answer to this question. I think it's more about your own risk tolerance. I tend to tell you that when you play in the market like I do and I buy individual stocks, that's where the bulk of my net worth actually is, is in individual stocks. One of the biggest mistakes that you can actually make is quote unquote rebalancing your portfolio too often. And one thing that I've learned the hard way is that actually what actually happens in the market is that a very, very, very small minority of companies drive the vast majority of the market, very much the Pareto principle, right? The 80, 80, 20. And what can happen in your portfolio is if you're trying to constantly rebalance, it's very common for people to want to sell their winners and buy more of their losers. Mm. And Peter Lynch actually calls this um, uh, watering, uh, cutting your flowers and watering your weeds. <laughs> and what, one thing that's actually the smart thing to do more often than not is actually the exact opposite. It's actually selling your losers and buying more of your winners, which is just so unnatural. It's such a counterintuitive thing thing to want to do. But uh, it, it, just because a stock up and it's up a uh-oh. Did we lose him? This is Man, I was all I was on the edge of my seat. I was waiting for that bit. <laughs> this is this is the fun of live radio <laughs> right here. I thought I, I almost said Len, what happened to your oh, wait a minute, it wasn't Len. <laughs> it was actually Brian. And, and 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 Brian is gone, but Len, you, you, any idea where he was going with that? Well, no, he's what he's saying is basically pressure winners, which is, you know, I, yes. I get, you know, that's and I know a lot of people that say that um, one of the well, and I think it's also the difference between owning individual positions where a momentum play makes sense versus in an index, an index is going to be self cleaning, right? I mean, your losers are going to wash out the bottom. So rebalancing where you don't have an individual, a single stock makes a lot more sense. Yeah, well, and, and I and I'm pressing your I think pressing your winners too uh, in an index. Well, it depends if the market's you know if you're in a bull market or a bear market. But in a in a bull market like we've been been in for a long time, I think pressing your winners is a that it works. And you but in a down market, it's the reverse. I think I don't know if it's in an index. I don't know if that's so uh, such a good idea. See if we got Brian back. I'm here. Yeah, I've been I've been in and out. Sorry about that. There he is. That's all right. But you were talking about, I don't know how much of that you caught, Brian, but pressing your winner is exactly the opposite of what, what you'll do with an index. Well, actually, if you crack open an index, what actually drives the index's returns over time? It's actually that exact same principle. It's the big winners that drive the huge returns of the index over time. Well, that's what I was just thinking, yep. Brian, was that the S&P 500 in 2021 could have been called the S&P 6, right? Or that's the right. S&P 7, ex- yeah. That's exactly right. Basically, if you had those top seven stocks in, in, in your portfolio – uh, Apple, Microsoft, Facebook, Google, Netflix, NVIDIA, 
etc. Uh, you did you did very well, and if you didn't, you did not. It was really that uh, that simple. But that's how the market actually works. It's only like five percent of stocks that end up driving like ninety percent of the market's returns. Uh, which is just just again why I want to say that it's if you're going to be holding individual stocks, you want to make sure that you are not selling your winners to buy more of your losers. However, with all of that in mind, that's just the stock portion of your portfolio that I'm talking about. I still think it makes sense to zoom out and consider your entire financial picture and rebalance if you're going to be in cash, in bonds, in real estate, whatever. That still makes good sense to do annually or biannually or whatever time period you choose. Hey, I got just one more question before we go to our midpoint break. Uh, uh, number four on Bella's list here is blindly following the advice of unqualified individuals. B- Brian, you're in the wild west. You're on Twitter <laughs> and there's a lot of people spewing advice that we will uh, th- I actively groan about. Like if I'm somebody listening to the Stacking Benjamin show, how do I know who to follow and who not to follow? I'm looking at a place like Twitter? That is a fantastic question because if you go on Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, you're going to get a whole bunch of information thrown at you. And it is really hard to figure out who actually knows what they're talking about and who doesn't. So on our channel and on my Twitter account, I try and focus on the teaching people how to do it as opposed to saying, here's something to buy, go blindly follow me and and buy this thing. So I would say, gravitate more towards the people that are focused on education, not on here, do this thing right now. It's going to make you money tomorrow. Wait a minute. So we're not getting any stock tips from you today. What's going on, Joe? (laughs) What's up with this? Come on, Brian. Brian, we had a deal. (laughs) Well, I'll send them to you by text. How's that? Ideal. You know, uh, I love what you're saying there, Brian, because our our friend uh, Roger Whitney says any financial planner who starts with product and not process, you should run. And it sounds like you're saying the exact same thing about Twitter or any other social media page. Yeah, I mean, twi- Twitter, is a, Twitter is a resource. YouTube is a resource. TikTok is a resource, right? I actually love going on those places to get ideas as just kind of like a first brush to build up like a potential list. But from there, I would never just blindly buy anything just because ABC Influencer owns it. But if you're looking for a place to just get ideas that you can then go on to research and see if they match your criteria, I think those platforms are great for that. And uh, Doug, there's a problem with your portfolio right there. (sighs) (laughs) I follow Doug's advice. Is that bad? Should I be... (laughs) Well, on that note, we're going to take a little break here and we're going to begin our 2022 trivia challenge. This is a year long competition between our three main contributors, Len Penzo, OG, who has the day off and Paula Pant from Afford Anything, who also has the day off. You know, usually when we have somebody uh, uh, not on the panel, we often replace them with a person, and and I don't I don't think this is on purpose most of the time, but somebody who's the same sex. But this time, because I just realized we always do that, we're gonna mix it up. So Brian, today you are kicking off the year on behalf of Paula Pant from Afford Anything, and there's good news, bad news there, Brian. You want the good news first or the bad news? 
Give me the bad news first. Well, the bad news is she finished last last year. But that means the good news is you get to guess last, so you're going to see what the two other answers are before you have to guess, which is great. Which uh, brings up the other bad news, which I have for you, Paulette. What? Yes, I you're mean, you're playing on Paulette, behalf of Aunt Paulette Perhatch. <laughs> I know there's too Come much on. there's too much alliteration, too much going you're... on there. So, Paulette, you're going to be OG. Oh, I'm responsible for OG's first point of the year, <laughs> which means oh, God, which means that you won last year. Congratulations, Paulette. As Thank the you. person that designed for at least the last third of the year designed a lot of these questions, uh, you uh, you. Oh, so you're the one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Len. I shouldn't have said that with Len. Now Len's going to Len's like, and I liked you so much, Paulette. Yes, it's her fault, Len. Uh, uh, the cool thing about this one that Paulette knows is we locked her out of the script and this, uh, this, this was not written by Paulette. So Doug, you ready to do some trivia? Yeah. I've been waiting for what feels like two hours listening to you money nerds talk about smart (laughs) stuff. So yeah, I think I've been ready for a long time. Here's what's going to happen for those of you new to our trivia challenge. It's the closest contributor, not without going over just the closest. So you can be over. So here we go. Doug's usually rant and trivia question. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and welcome to my trivia. Since Paulette is on today's show, we didn't let her contribute to the trivia, and without that boat anchor bringing me down, I am now free to say whatever I want. <laughs> oh, this is going to be great. Now, let me think of a good one. You know, I could go with the. Uh, no, that wouldn't be good. Or, or wait, 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 how about the, the time that Paulette? No, that's not funny. She'd be mad at me for saying that. Oh, 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 what about the, yeah, we can't say that on, say that on the air. We wouldn't be here very long if I did that. Damn it. All right. How about if I just ask a trivia question? Earlier, when I was joking around about Len Penzo, I mentioned Kathy Wood, the legendary investor leading ARK Invest. Not familiar with Kathy or ARK? Kathy Wood is not only the CEO and CIO of ARK Invest, but her ARK Innovation Fund is the largest actively managed exchange-traded fund on the planet. Before forging her own path, Kathy worked for the Capital Group, home of American funds, also for Alliance Bernstein and other big-name investment houses. But here's today's trivia question. On what month and year did Kathy register ARK Invest Advisors with the SEC? I'll be back with the answer after I go uh, look up the answer because I had to write the question myself and I forgot to get that piece of information. Very, very important detail. We might as well get the answer as long as we're doing this. Uh, so we start then, Paulette, with you and... Uh, no, no, no good jokes in that one, Paulette. He couldn't come up with anything. Well, hey, what do I know? I'm just a failed sandwich artist. So, <laughs> but you also get the opportunity to go first, and it feels to me sometimes like Kathy Wood has been rocking investments forever. But is that true? When did she oh, register Ark Invest? Oh, so she worked for some. Okay, um, I'm going to go with January 2011. January 2011. And I'll tell you where I got that answer. Sure. Directly out of my brain. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like how she paused before brain. (laughs) Mr. Penzo. 
This is an interesting question because it can't be that many years. So we've got a very uh, – again, I, I have no freaking clue. It can't? Well, I, she has uh, – there's no way. This. What do we got, a narrow range here? When, when did you say 2011? Yeah, she oh, said, said 11. She yep, said January, January 2011. All right. I don't think it's that old. But I don't have much wiggle room here because this is only 2022. Way to get the year uh, right, Len, because that's the first thing to go. Huh? I said, way to get what? the year right because that's the first thing to go. <laughs> <laughs> what? I what? don't know. Because you know um, it's 2017. Well, she's been it's been around a couple years for sure. So that would be – that's like 2019. But I've got to go uh, – All right, I'm going to say 20 – I'll say January 2015. January 2015. So, Brian, you got January 2011 from Paulette slash OG, and then January 2015 from Len. What are you thinking about Kathy Wood? Whew, my gut feel was going to say January 2016, but – I think I can say February 2015. Uh, and here we go. Here, right? <laughs> nice. So I'll go February Here we go. It's his first time on the show, but not his first rodeo. Brian. Dang you, Brian. <laughs> Brian, Chelsea Brennan's Len Penzo on the, on the top end. Uh, well, we'd love to tell you if that strategy worked, but we don't play that way. We'll be right back. Well, if you're new to Stacking Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things. So I know what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad-free privacy you can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch myself, I totally get why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because, well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, 
Your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Paulette, you started in t- with 2011, and it looks like neither Len nor Brian thinks that Kathy's been investing that long. What do you think? You feeling confident? Well, I feel like someone said she was in the game for a long time, so I went with that. Well, we were about to find out, but Len, 2015. Well, I think I'm screwed. I, I, I think Brian, <laughs> Chelsea, Brennan, me effectively, I don't think that she's been around that long. I, and I would have normally, I would have picked like 2018 or 2017, but I, I was trying to play the game here and I got, I got double crossed. Brian, Darn you, Brian. Brian, you're pretty confident that it's after January 2015? I mean, yeah, I'm pretty confident, but uh, I don't know if that's false confidence or not. I do know that she has active ETFs, which are a relatively new thing. She's one that of the many. pioneers. So. Yeah. Yeah. Not, uh, yeah. Not that money and uh, knocking it out I'm of the feel, park. I'm feeling pretty good. The, well, the pleasure of going last. Well, and let's see if it's warranted or not. <laughs> D- Doug, here we go. Hey, stackers, I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and what a big relief it is to be free of the chains of Paulette's writing for a day. I can say whatever I want for this trivia question because Paulette didn't write it. As an example, I could talk about how smart I am, but everybody already knows that. I could show you my guns, which way to the gun show, but it's an audio-only format, sadly, for you. Or, you know, I could just get to my trivia, which I think, probably I ought to do. So the question was this, on what day did famous investor Kathy Wood register ARK Invest Advisors with the SEC? Kathy named ARK Invest after the ARK of the Covenant, famous for the Indiana Jones movies. What? It it was... It was in, oh, it was in that book too? Oh, well, apparently it's been mentioned in another big publication as well. But, you know, the answer is Kathy registered ARC in January of 2014 and has been racking up impressive returns ever since. And that means Brian's guess is 13 months off, but Len is our big winner at exactly 12 months off. Brian, you could have gone either way with that, and you went the wrong direction. (laughs) Not around as long as people think, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Didn't didn't quite work. Did not quite work. Way to go, Len. All right. It's a long season. It's a long season. I want that, that trophy, like though. I still have plenty I'm jealous. of time to screw I'm up. jealous of OG. I want that trophy. I saw that thing. I want it. <laughs> that's, 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 that's the worst trophy ever, <laughs> isn't it? on a mission. <laughs> it is just horrible. If you haven't checked that out on our social media yet, you got to go see the worst trophy in history that our producer Karen picked out. All right. Here we go into part two. Welcome to the second half of our discussion on building a better investment portfolio in 2022. Second half of our discussion here brought to you by Magnify Money. Brian, you know what happens when you go to stackybenjamins.com slash magnify money? 
everything becomes wonderful. It is. You're skipping wherever you go. It's incredible. Nice job. You, when you go to stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnify money, did I need to say forward? Just slash magnify money. You find that all those brick and mortar bank products you use, probably not best in class. In fact, magnify money list over 92% of all of the products available head to head. So whether it's CDs, which are finally starting to pay a little bit, savings accounts, checking accounts for no fee, whatever it might be, stackybenjamins.com slash magnify money has it all. And so we're going to stop following this piece by Bella Wanana. Uh, and by the way, thank you to Bella for writing this. It gave us a lot of fodder and uh, the, the rest of her list, by the way, mixing emotions with investing. That's a big one that maybe somebody will be bringing up here soon. Impatience, buying back stocks too quickly after you sell. We saw that bite people wash sale rules, actually bite people in the butt, not understanding tax consequence of transactions. I think those are probably the same thing, but uh, let's start with uh, Paulette. Paulette, uh, when you're putting together your portfolio or thinking about your portfolio, in 2022, what are one of the ideas about your portfolio that you want to make sure that you get right? Well, I was just sitting here with my my abacus smoking as I was making my decisions. Um, I think the most important thing for me is automating. I just realized that the amount that I had automated, which I started after I watched Nomad Land, and I was like, mm, okay, that's a that I don't want to live in a van. I'm going to start saving or investing 10%. I started just automatically investing that. And then I realized that had really just divided my account. The amount of my paycheck that I got, I had really started to forget about that, that I wasn't even feeling it anymore because I was so used to living on the other amount. So I think just automating your, um, your contributions as much as possible. I know that that I need to get a human involved. I do use Betterment at this point, but very soon we're going to have a conversation, Joe, and you can just, you can become my expert. Um, I don't know. Look at the time. I don't know if that's, <laughs> I got out of Rude. that business. I got out of that hey. business for a reason, Paulette. Love to help. <laughs> Love to help. So for, for now, for me, it is automated. And it, so I don't have to think about it. Right. And then I try not to think about it as much as possible. Obviously you need to have your strategy and then make your choice and go with it and keep your emotions out of it. And I think by not messing with it all the time, I am able to keep my emotions out of it and automating as much as possible. Oh, this is, this is a great topic, Paula, because I got to imagine, Len, with your career of working for the quote for the man, I, man, investing into that 401k, like having that automatically come out of your paycheck to Paulette's point before you see it has got to be a big part of your winning strategy. Well, yes. Uh, uh, has I won a lot? No, no, but seriously. Um, <laughs> but you've been able no, to that, save that a lot, a, I would and, think. And, here's, and, and you've got to start slow. It, it helps to start slowly. So when you're just starting out, you start it, maybe you only pull out one or two percent or three or at least to the company match right and then with each raise take a little bit of that raise and add it to your investing and have that automatically pulled out it's totally painless what's nice about the 401k is that also helps you kind of get your toe in the water in investing you don't have to focus so much on individual stocks you can buy the funds within the various funds within the iras and then as you get older and a little more savvy and do your research you can you can branch out you can open up maybe your own ira with various stocks in it or you can once you do that and you have an i your ira set up you, you can have you, even you have your own non-qualified accounts um, and you can do that and you kind of, then you can really focus on 
those stocks that maybe you want to play around with and have a little bit of speculative fun, I call it. Maybe take uh, less than 1% of your total net worth and and have fun and, and pick a high flyer and see if you can't win that lottery pick, you know? I love that idea of it doesn't always have to go to the same place. You can move that automation around. It's it's like you have it pointed in a different direction or have a point pointed in multiple directions. I feel like people think the order of operations is I do this first, this second, this third, this fourth. I can actually be doing two or three things at the same time. In fact, Brooke Miller, again, the, the writer of our newsletter, The 201, hanging out with us here live on Fireside says, I like the idea of automating savings, investing, and also I it deposited to a separate account, not checking the bank account so that you never see it. So take that money and automatically have it in a different account so that you know that is not the, the commingle with, with your spending money. Brian, I'm wondering, how has this helped you? How has automation helped you in your investing game? Oh, I'm a huge fan of automation. I love what Paul and Len have, have said. And I, what I personally do is I basically automate all my retirement accounts. It's just comes out of my bank account, automatically goes in there. I never have to think about it. I look at it once a year. Uh, that is just the, the absolute way to go for the vast majority uh, of people. So huge fan of automation. I also automate contributions to my taxable brokerage account that I use to buy individual stocks. So yeah, automation is such a win for investors. Do you, using automation, do you have any triggers set up for your stocks? Like as an example, I'm thinking about stop losses underneath them, or do you use anything like uh, alerts when they're in the news, things like that? So I call stop loss orders, stop compounding orders, because I think they're terrible inventions for investors. What you're essentially saying is only sell when you know I'm going to be down. That does not sound like a winning investing strategy. Uh, in fact, if I look back at some of the biggest winners that I've ever held, if I had stop loss orders set up, I would have been guaranteed to sell out of them, but there's no guarantee that I ever would have bought back into them. If you're going to invest in individual stocks uh, like I do, if that's a part of your platter, you just have to know going in that you are going to experience big time volatility. Even, even the most stable, largest companies uh, on earth are still going to fall 30, 40, 50% at some point. If you have an automatic thing set up to automatically sell them, you're going to be selling at the wrong time. So I am not a fan of stop loss orders. Len, uh, how about your tip for everybody to have a better investment portfolio in 2022? Mine is, well, mine is don't be afraid and you got to have fun. So especially for the newbies out there, I, I think I've shared this before. One of my big mistakes was early on in my career is I didn't invest as much as I probably should have because I was afraid I would actually lose money in the, you know, which is possible, but, you know, I'd have been much better off fully, fully maximizing at a much quicker rate than I did. So have fun. This is, um, you know, yes, you can lose money, but over the long run, you are going to do well and make money if you just get in there and do it. And don't be afraid. You, It's something that has to be done. Yeah, I, th I think that's interesting, not just not be afraid, but also making it fun. And Paulette, I'm wondering if that's part of your strategy. Do you try to make investing a good time? Do you put a, oh. a, an umbrella in your drink and then go invest some money? Oh, totally. Before the pandemic, I had a podcast called Can We Talk About Money? And I did a dinner party and we would all do our monthly money check-in. And But it was just like five money idiots. Like we needed at least one expert, but we were like, what's a money market? <laughs> and, so you know, and we would just like 
be with each other. So it would be social. We'd have good food. We'd have wine. And I still think that pairing something pleasurable with something that can feel stressful is a really great way to get in the habit of doing it, right? Take yourself out to brunch once a month and say, okay, I'm going to read for half an hour about investing, look at my portfolio. And that's like my monthly date with myself to take care of this. That is huge when, when things don't feel very fun. Something (laughs) pleasurable with something stressful. Huh? Yeah. There's like three jokes there, Joe. Should I just say them now or should I wait till you should wait till you're alone. You just wanted to Brian, Brian, save us making investing fun. I mean, I know this is part of why you're so social. I would imagine is it makes it not just profitable, but a good time. Absolutely. Yeah. Having a community of people to talk with and, and socialize with about investing, it makes it so much more pleasurable. Uh, I, I actually try and make investing a lot of fun for my my kids too. At my kids' elementary school, I go in there once a year and I, uh, twice a year actually, and I do a fun stock investing contest uh, with them. And I'm talking about companies that they all know and love, Apple, Disney, Netflix, Nike, etc. The kids are so engaged in the content because I'm talking about companies that they know and that they like and that they could have opinions about. So it's absolutely imperative that you make investing fun. And we're not going to stop there. Paulette's had hers. Len has had his. Uh, What is your point to make your portfolio better in 2022? I always start with uh, education. That that is the, the trigger for me. I think that if you're just starting out, the number one thing that everybody can do to make their portfolio better, to their finances better, is just to start by educating themselves. How does the stock market work? Uh, where should you where should you put your put your money? How should you actually do it? What people should you trust? You can make those kind of informative decisions once you have a financial education. So I'm going to say, make yourself better by educating yourself. Paulette, what are some of the things that you've done to dive into money education? Because I know, I mean, not only do you write in this space, uh, I follow your awesome Instagram feed. I know you're following a lot of great people in this space. What do you do to make sure you're educated? Well, I really love following so many of the content creators who are making it fun, including you guys, Dumpster Doggy, you know, Stephanie O'Connell. I think just having it be in your space, you know, I was actually trying to kind of lecture my nephew about investing who's 18 now. And I was like, wait, just give me your phone. And I took his Instagram and I just followed all these people that I wanted to be in his feed. Um, And looking at what they're reading, you know, I, for me, I'm a very social person, but I'm a writer. So I'm always looking for ways when I want to do something, whether it's exercise or learning to make it social. So, you know, having a a book club with friends, having a dinner party once you can with COVID, really just saying, hey, let's all go toward this goal together. And for me, you know, I really want to make sure that writers make good money, save their money and are financially safe. And so I think like talking about it and being open about it, and I'm very transparent about, you know, all my money challenges and things like that in my past. Um, but it's not easy. It's very complicated. So we can all kind of just want to like, you know, hide under a rock, but that's really not going to have a great ending at which I have seen firsthand uh, interviewing people who went broke in, you know, in their retirement. So. Well, and that's why I love Paulette, where you sit at this intersection of creativity and, and finance on a lot of the things you do, not everything you do, but on a lot of the, the, the projects that you work in, because creative people, I f- 
I think feel like they're bad with money. And mm-hmm. so when they earn money, which often is less money than someone who's an engineer or a physician will make or wh- whatever that, that may be, they need to be even more careful with it. And they need to learn that this isn't hard. So making it fun, I think, is super important for creatives especially. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I think I, I, I like oh, I have so many things to say. Like there's creatives, creativity you know, add so much value to the world. And there are so many great ways for us to make good money and support ourselves. But also, yes, we're not going to make as much as a doctor or an engineer often. And so, you know, we do have to be careful and, and frugal in some ways. And, and I love artists and writers and I want them to have this great self value and, and also be taken care of and not be worried because I'll tell you the number one reason that I don't write my morning pages or I don't work on my novel in the first thing in the morning is because I'm stressed out about money and I want to get straight to my work day. So the more that I have my money handled, the more my brain is free and my stress is lower so that I can get into that creative mode. Boy, that's just true for so, so, so many people. All right. That's going to do it for today. Let's see what's going on where all of you live. We'll go with our guest of honor last. And Paulette's kind of a guest, kind of not a guest. So she'll be in the middle. So Mr. Penzo, Mr. Penzo. This week on uh, LenPenzo.com, you know, the engineer in me, I'm always looking at new ways to figure things out. And, you know, there's there's always this lingering question people have about, should I buy the extended warranty? Should I, should I, I don't know. You know, there's the rule of thumb is you should never buy them, but it's not really that simple. So as the engineer that I am, I put together a flow diagram that you can use that will lead you to the right answer, depending on what you've purchased. Uh, and it's just, you, you go through, answer a series of questions. And at the end, you know, whether you should buy or should not buy the extended warranty. That's awesome. It is pretty awesome. If I do say so myself, not as good as when you did the flow chart about which Pez taste best, <laughs> but pretty close. Now that would be an oh, awesome, there. that that would be an awesome flow chart, by the way. I kind of wish Paula was here because, you know, usually I have to follow, you know, I, right. it's hard to follow her with all of her fantastic guests and stuff. But uh, yes. that, that one I could have said, you know, I'm proud of this one, Joe. I'm really proud. Well, you are. You can still be proud of it and go first. There's nothing, <laughs> wrong. There's nothing okay. wrong with that. Yes. And if you're inferring that Paulette and Brian don't have great things going on, they no. do. <laughs> No, you, but you know how I, you know, in the yes. past, you know, I've had to follow Paul after she's had these fantastic guests and I'm talking about potato chip <laughs> right, taste tests and stuff. Right, right. It just doesn't, doesn't work very well. Paul's like, and I don't afford anything, nuclear scientist, so-and-so, four-time Pulitzer Prize winner. Uh, speaking of, Paula Perhatch, you're creating some uh, Pulitzer Prize winners because you have a new writing course coming out. Yes, we are launching Powerhouse Writers, which is for writers who want to power their words, their work, and their earning potential. And so, you know, people like me who are creative goofball writers, you know, this morning I got up at 5 a.m., worked on my novel, $0 an hour, and uh, then did a satire piece, which I might sell for like 40 bucks, and then worked on my, you know, money-making writing work and have a fun day. And every day is different. And I'm able to financially take care of myself and be an artist. So for writers who want to figure that out, how to be a business person and a writer, we are launching Powerhouse Writers. And people can find out more about that at powerhousewriters.com. And, and we've known each other for, 
I'm, I'm thinking several years and just watching you go from somebody who is very creative to really the, the business that you run now, Paulette, is, is amazing. And that's the side that writers, t- to your point earlier, need to get right. And it's really, it's actually a fun, creative expression. I think there's so many ways that you can do it. And I realized why I didn't want to go the route of academia, because I wanted to make my own thing. And the way that you can be a business person and bring value to people is a creative act in itself. And I love, I love that reality of it. That's so fun to me. So I want to help people have fun as they, you know, have the fun of, of earning good checks and making good money. And, you know, like I spent New Year's because of the Profit First book. I did my fourth, you know, profit allocation and went and got a a house on a cliff overlooking the ocean to spend New Year's in. And it was amazing. And I just like that is super fun to me. You sent me a photo and I think I sent you back like going this, that view sucks. Like I feel so bad for you. Like all that expanse of water and beach. Oh Oh my God. Well, I, and I worked on a story this year for the New York Times about building a house up on a cliff. And I was like, and I understood what one of the women said. She was like, it's like an immensity. It's like, you can see everything. I was like, Oh, I totally get it. So, you know, 10 years from now I'll, I'll build the house on the cliff, but for now it was an Airbnb. Fantastic. Hey, and, and by the way, the, uh, the URL again for people to join you is powerhousewriters.com. Awesome. And we'll link to it in our show notes page. Brian Feraldi, two things. Number one, it was so great to meet you finally at FinCon. And the way that we met was just hilarious. We got to have breakfast together. And I think, Brian, I probably laugh more at that breakfast than I've laughed in a long time. Yeah, awesome to meet you. We had a great time at FinCon. You had a double dose of me this year. We saw each other at Economy, too. We did. And that was even, we got to sit and have pizza together and laugh some more, which is great. That was we some had, good pizza. That was such, such good pizza. We had the, the ladies from Bitches Get Riches sitting next to us, and they would chime in once in a while, and that was so fun. But tell me what you've got going on, because you always have a ton of stuff up your sleeve. Oh, I got a big week. I just got a new super serious guide to modern money management that I bought, and I'm going to be reading through that. <laughs> cover to cover. I heard that book's uh, brilliant, Brian. Brilliant. It, it looks brilliant on every on every level. No, just uh, just picked it up. Really looking forward to, to diving in. But uh, big week for big week for me. This is going to be uh, don't tell anybody, but we're announcing the pre-orders for my upcoming book are going to be live uh, as well. So that is going to be basically consuming my entire week. That is so exciting. And I, you know, I remember that as if it was just a few weeks ago for us, <laughs> the, but, but, uh, we got to have you back on the second the book comes out to dive into that. Would absolutely love to. This was an absolute blast. Absolutely. And people follow you just Brian Feraldi on Twitter and then your YouTube channel. They also just put in your name, right? That's right. I'm very, uh, I'm very obvious like that. Brian Feraldi, <laughs> you can find me on the channel. Very straightforward. We'll also link to those at uh, stackybenjamins.com on our show notes page. All right. That's going to do it for today, everybody. Uh, Doug, you've got it from here, man. Uh, what should we have learned today? Well, everybody, well, I'll tell you what you should have learned today. First, investing. Start with your goals and work backward and the whole process becomes a lot easier. Second, if your big league goals don't jive with your risk tolerance, don't be too proud to adjust your goals until the two become aligned, which is now why my beachside retirement home will become a tent in the back of my El Camino. But the big lesson, Paulette Perhatch is the most graceful, smartest one I've ever met. Damn it, Paulette! Who let you back in the script? Jeez. Get out of my head. 
Thanks to Len Penzo for joining us today. You can find Len at LenPenzo.com. Thanks to Brian Feraldi for adding to our show today. You can check him out on YouTube at Brian Feraldi. That's Brian, F-E-R-O-L-D-I. Also on Twitter at Brian Feraldi. Thanks to Paulette Perhatch, who is the writer of our wonderful show. She keeps, she helps writers power their words, their work, and their earning potential with her Powerhouse Writers coaching program. Find out more at powerhousewriters.com. Thanks also to our team who made today possible. Karen Rapine is our producer. Tina Eichenberg and Gertrude Smith are our social media mavens. And Brooke Miller handles the show notes and our amazing newsletter, The 201. That's it for today. We'll see you on Monday back here at Stacking Benjamins. Welcome to the after show. This is the part of the show. If you're new with us in 2022, welcome. This is the part of the after of the show that doesn't exist. We don't talk about the after show, but we had to create a new rule because people kept talking about it anyway. So if you have to mention what shenanigans go on here, uh, when the show's over, you just call it dessert. We'll call it dessert. Uh, we talked a lot about setting up great investments. I want to talk about your worst investment and we're going to kind of expand the definition of investments. And, uh, while our team is getting, uh, ones together that they may have, uh, I'll tell you one that was horrible for me. I went into a Midas muffler shop with my old, uh, uh, Monte Carlo Landau. Doug, do you remember this particular car? Do you remember the Monte Carlo Landau edition? Well, the, the Landau was the upper trim package. Yes. I and mean, that was a hell of a vehicle. It was amazing, wow. except mine. I left the windows open one day too many, and the glue on the on the fabric on the ceiling uh, stopped working, and so my ceiling hung down, you know, in, in a really badass kind of way. Uh, true mark mm. of a baller. That was. happens to the wallpaper in my bathroom, too. I wonder <laughs> if there's something... <laughs> Something yeah. to that. If there's, yeah, that's because you don't put the window down. But that's oh, that's a whole that's a whole different thing. But uh, but so I go there and I've got this car that you know barely runs, and uh, and I'm just getting my muffler changed. And the manager comes into the waiting area and goes, "Hey, can I talk to you for a second? Walks me back to my car and he's like, "This car could be just beautiful. I'll tell you what we do first. We we don't just do the muffler. We actually put a sport suspension package on this thing and I go really now this car I think I bought now given this is 1983 or 84 uh bought this car for maybe uh 1500 bucks and he's talking to me about this super expensive sport suspension package 
which is going to take all the money that, that I had with me, frankly. And uh, I didn't remember how much money it was, but he talks to me about how great my car is going to be, how fantastic it's going to look. And he's like, you know what? Next, next up for you will be the engine. Come back here. And he takes me into this back room and he's got this engine block that he's got out that he's been working on, which is just this gorgeous V8 racing engine. It, it just, it is, it is phenomenal. It just sparkles. And he said, yeah, you can do something like this with it next. And this car could be amazing. And I went back out in that room, uh, you know, the, the, the bay where my car was, and I'm looking at this piece of crap car at 17 years old. Like it is going to be the biggest rock star ever. Like this is going to be just amazing. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. And, uh, so I go back out in the waiting area. I tell him to do it. And I first knew that it was a bad investment when the receptionist takes out one of the old yellow pages and goes to the very back where they used to have the coupons. And she rips out a coupon and she goes here, honey, you're going to need this. And I'm like, really? Why? She goes, well, because sometimes he gets a little excited about the work that we're going to do. And she's basically trying to tell me that I'm getting ripped off. Like she's telling me and I'm like, Oh wow, that's really nice. And I, so I take my car home with my new super suspension, right? The things rusted all around it, but I got super suspension, got a new muffler. And I tell my dad this story. And he's, he's like, you paid what you did. You did what valuable, valuable lesson about, uh, investing in your car. But you could corner now at like 11 miles an hour. It was right? incredible. <laughs> So tight. Yeah, but because I didn't do the engine first, it still went to zero from zero to sixty in about fourteen minutes. But <laughs> that's that's not too bad. We'll let our guest of honor go first if you've got one. Brian, what's a got any notable bad investments? Uh yeah, I, I, I have uh, one that was a time investment and a money investment. Would the money one be more fun? Well, I don't know. So fun we'll, is we'll in the eye yeah. of the beholder. <laughs> I don't I, yeah. I haven't heard him yet. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you about my biggest uh, dollar mistake. How about that? In twenty in twenty fourteen, I started to research this company that's the biggest uh, oil pipeline operator in North America. It's can I Kinder? Can I stop you right there though before you say the yep. the, the, the name of the company? Twenty fourteen, the company you should have been investing or investigating was Arc Invest because yes. Kathy Wood had just started it. <laughs> If only I put the time in, I could have mailed the trivia question and that investment would have paid off huge. Horribly right. Uh, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> yes, Con continue. Yeah. Uh, so I was uh, very interested in this uh, in this company. It checked so many boxes when I looked for in an investment. I became very convinced that this stock was going to go up, up, up. So I actually bought it and made my largest position, number one uh, position. And then on top of that, at the time I was learning about options, which are just a wonderful, wonderful tool for new investors to, uh, to get their hands on. Uh, and I set up a position, an option position, in addition to my stock ownership called a synthetic long. The long and short of that is it's basically pure leverage. It's, it's zero cost leverage. Stock goes up, you make a ton of money, stock goes down, you lose a ton of money. Well, I was so confident in the stock going up, up, up from where it was that I layered on options position on top of it because I thought that this company wouldn't fall even if the price of oil uh, fell. That's how rack solid it was. Well, you can probably guess what's going to happen uh, <laughs> next. Over the next 18 months, oh, the price no. of oil fell 
precipitously and my rock solid, perfect, amazing company fell, peaked the trough about 75%. So not only did I get killed on the equity, I got killed twice as hard, maybe five times as hard on the options as well. So I had to tuck my tail between my legs and suck that loss up. And that was my biggest dollar loss ever. So I learned about options the hard way. And that is, by the way, the story <laughs> of what happened to Brian's hair right there. And that is <laughs> Ooh, taking cheap, cheap shots there, Joe. <laughs> well, you've seen me. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I'm no doubt. We could talk about, I lost my hair that day at Midas Muffler. So yeah, yeah. not great. Uh, Paulette, how about you in an ugly, uh, ugly, bad oh. investment? Oh, I, uh, I got a house in uh, Florida in 2005. In the- that could be the end of the sentence. That's right it. there. The end. The end. <laughs> it's so, what's interesting though, you know, what's the even worse investment how pouty I was about it. And so then I didn't save up for another house until like, you know, now. And I'm like, wow, I really could have had another down payment, but I was just like, meh. Yeah. That <laughs> happened to me and I'm mad. And so screw houses and I'll teach like you housing market. Yeah. I'm going to wait yeah. till the, the market goes way through the roof. Then yeah, I'll get back. I showed in. you. And then it's like, <laughs> no, but like, I was just so, I was extremely salty. Well, well you're saving for um, the house on the cliff. Yeah. So yeah, I had to do a short sale and that I sold it for about half as much as I bought it for, which was great. That happened to a family member of mine too. They had made what at the time looked like, by the way, and I'm sure yours was the same, looked like a prudent decision. And, oh my God. Uh, it was the fastest growing. It's so crazy. Cause I was in St. Augustine, Florida. Oh. It was the fastest growing County in the nation. And then now I'm in Seattle and it's like the same thing happened over here. And I'm just like, I don't, I can't deal. I'm, I'm watching. I love the emojis here on fireside and look at Rod, Rocky's emoji. Like, Oh no. Rocky's Rocky's the lesson here is don't look for a house wherever Paulette's living. God, <laughs> if you want the indicator, you know how back in the day they used to use those sticks to look for water. Like Paulette has the sticks about where not to buy <laughs> a house. She's the real estate dowser. <laughs> is that, is wow. that what that's called? A dowser. Wow, yeah, guys. that's it. Len Penzo. I'll just call it my therapist. <laughs> Len. I, I guess Paulette was in Southern California back in the uh, oh. in 1990 because I had this. I had the same mistake, Paulette. I was mm. a. I bought a house three months later. The the mar- the the market went south and I was underwater was for this seven the, was this or the, seven years. And it this was, was terrible. Was but this that, the I'm house? Not share, wait a minute. Was yes. this the house on the railroad tracks? Yes, it was. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to get it. That, that was my second worst uh, investment. I'm going to, my first investment and what sprung the idea here was, was Brian was talking about his dollar, his worst dollar investment. Well, I'll give you my worst dollar investment. It wasn't that house that I was upside down for seven years. No, this was something that I spent one dollar on. It was a it was a a movie rental for the Good German, uh, it, a movie with George Clooney and Kate Blanchett and Tobey Maguire. The only good thing about that movie was Tobey Maguire, and he was gunned down twenty minutes into the movie, and it was all downhill from there. That is the worst dollar investment I've ever made in my life. At least life. you're not still bitter. No. Well, <laughs> yeah, that was many years ago. Way to too, turn the Dave. page, Len. <laughs> okay, so so Brian and Paulette, you guys got the money that I sent, right? You guys are going to throw this. <laughs> Is this thing on? Len, you want him to tank? Is that what you want, Len? You, you want him to tank the answer here? <laughs> yeah.
<laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, Stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's Military Appreciation Month, and we are giving out shout-outs to all of our friends who have served in the military. And let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend, OG, who spent time in the military. And of course, we know what a giver he is, even when he pretends like he's being uh, Mr. Surly. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. They've got all kinds of resources on their site, like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and best careers for military spouses to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and take a look at all the Military Appreciation Month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.